You're listening to Once, episode 137, The Tower. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Aaron. We're happy to have you with us as we discuss this episode, The Tower. And it was a tall episode to discuss. <laughs> Groan. <laughs> this episode is made possible in part by Bluehost. Check them out at oncepodcast.com slash Bluehost. I'll tell you more about them in a little bit. But let's get into talking about this episode. First of all... Something really cool that Jacqueline pointed out, and Jacqueline and Hunter will be joining us in a little bit for some more discussion, and then they'll take over for spoilers. But something Jacqueline pointed out is that the name Zelina actually translates to the word green. What? what? <laughs> yeah. Mind equals blown. <laughs> yeah, you can run it through Google Translate if you like. In what language? Gaelic, I believe it was. Oh, Slovenian. Oh. Right, yeah, Slovenian. I just, I googled Zelina translation and it came <laughs> up green. Yeah. What? Cool. Okay, well that finally makes sense. I like it. Yeah, so that's nice. And stuff like Regina means queen and yeah. Cora, heart. Yeah. So we... That just took a little longer to find. Yeah. I, I just didn't even think of trying to translate it and find out the meaning. It was just, okay, Zelina. Yeah. There's all this other stuff to talk about, but we're going to get into all of that <laughs> other stuff to talk about. Yeah, let's just let our hair down and and get into this. <laughs> By the way, mentioning the hair, check out our friends over at After Buzz TV. Their uh, Once Upon a Time podcast got to interview Alex, the girl who played Rapunzel oh, that's in cool. this oh, that's episode. That's very cool. Yeah, and she described some cool things like, yes, there was actually a long strand of synthetic hair. It's not real hair, but it was all <laughs> attached to her and all connected together. Really crazy. Like She says she's been working on preparing for this role her entire life. <laughs> <laughs> and then some. <laughs> so let's start talking about this episode with the past. In this dream sequence, which I thought at first, how beautiful this was. Yeah. And the music, too, that Mark Isham did for this. I want this piano music. I know. <laughs> because the theme that we're familiar with, which is the the Emma theme, basically, mm -hmm. or true love theme, but in such a beautiful way. You're a natural, just like your mother. <laughs> Such beautiful music. I want to yeah. learn that. I want to get a piano again so I can start playing again <laughs> and learn that song. Just That's for great. that song. And then you'll play it at our series finale party whenever that happens. Well. <laughs> what do you mean, well? series finale. My goodness, you're terrifying me right now. One of the things that I thought is, wow, this scene is so beautiful to see the father and daughter together like this. Mm -hmm. the, the day of the ball. I thought, is this maybe a foreshadowing of one of the last scenes that we'll get from Once Upon a Time? Oh, for a second, I thought you were going to give us some news. <laughs> that would be a real downer. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. I think maybe, sort of. She was so Princess Emma. 
She spoke yeah. differently and acted differently. And, you know, I just, I don't think she'd ever be quite like that. But it was cool to see. I, I thought this whole opening sequence was actually very well done, except for the spinning doll head. I thought that was just maybe <laughs> just a hair over the line. <laughs> it was a little cheesy, but everything else was really cool. I thought it was great as they show the Summer Palace, which we first saw as Evil Queen's Palace. They played basically the same music, and then they did that really awesome fly-through. But then David's inside, and then they went into the rest of it. But it was pretty uh, touching and then creepy. and Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if I have a sense for what other people will end up saying about these things, but I thought the special effects were pretty good. Sometimes I think special effects are good and other people say they're bad. And sometimes I think people just say they're bad because I don't know why. People I thought say they were things. very dreamlike. Like that, that is something I could picture dreaming about. If a dream were to go awry, those <laughs> things could happen, you know? Right. They don't have to be all magical because it's a dream and most people don't dream in magic, but. Yeah. I liked that he pointed out for anyone who might be confused that that nursery didn't belong in that castle. Yeah. And Emma pointed out that this isn't real in case anyone doubted. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I did like seeing charming thinking about Emma because that's a criticism that I've had of him as of his character is that as soon as they got back to the enchanted forest, you could see how heartbroken snow was that they had to leave Emma, or at least that was my interpretation. And he he seemed to just be ignoring it. So Mm. it's nice to see that he does think of Emma, that he misses her and that he feels like he failed her. Like, I guess it's not nice to see that, but it's nice to see that he's having some kind of emotion about it because otherwise it was just kind of like, Oh, yeah, you know, we'll try for another one. We don't need that kid anymore. So there were a lot of things throughout this episode that I thought added a lot of depth to his character. Mm -hmm. We've known a lot about him, but he's always had this sort of we've seen him fight battles. I don't know that we've seen him with a lot of struggle or with many issues that he had to grow to overcome. No, in that sort of way. We've never really seen him vulnerable. Mm-hmm. He's just, you know, I sort of fight with a baby because it's what's best. <laughs> right. um, my mother dies, but that's what's best, you know, like, because that's that had to happen. And like, he's never been vulnerable like this and uh, kind of open about his emotions. So it was really nice to see that. Yeah. And at first it seemed, oh, this is a little weird here too people of similar age dancing and they're supposed to be father and daughter that was strange but then like just a second or two after they start dancing they they made it better with the comment yeah and and the way that they were interacting with each other mm-hmm. not like no hint of romance at mm-hmm. all right but like family relationship sort of thing yeah. i mean family meaning not husband and wife family (laughs) that's where the romance (laughs) is supposed to be (laughs) and yet i feel like it was never quite so obvious to me how close they were in age it was kind of funny (laughs) i looked around in the room because i wanted to see if maybe the uh, letters the little blocks that fell (laughs) said anything because not only did we see them there Mm. but the camera also zoomed to them for a moment but they didn't really say anything important it was just 
uh, some random letters, random numbers, a couple animals listed on it. It wasn't even the lost numbers on it. Oh. Well, that's <laughs> disappointing. Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> there was a nice forum post over at oncepodcast.com slash forums where uh, they've been talking about some of the details of Emma's dress. And here are a couple details that came out of some neat things on Emma's dress. Uh, number one here, the gem work is in the shape of the flower that is found on the charming family crest and is the tattoo on Emma's wrist. Oh, wow. Number two, the dress has feathers on it, most likely swan feathers. What, how do we know about the charming family crest? Well, we've seen it in many places hmm. before, hanging on banners and I think on papers here and there. So it's not something that is completely new to us, but nice little connections. So... Huh. Yeah. How have we never made the connection between the tattoo and the crest before? I don't know. That's interesting. We've always theorized about when are we going to learn the story of that tattoo and why she has it. Yeah. (laughs) Why have they never connected the tattoo and the the crest before? So this ended up all being just a dream. Well, yes. Of course. And there's (laughs) pregnant Emma, very, I mean, pregnant Snow, (laughs) very pregnant (laughs) Snow, saying, Um, (laughs) I'm pregnant. Yeah. So... I know. I felt like, and then Doxon pointed out in the chat room a little bit, it was sort of like they didn't hide it quite well enough. And it was like, with the lack of pregnancy tests, you basically figured out you were pregnant when you started to show that much. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, you know, a lot. They hid some of it, but you could, you could kind of tell it was sort of like, yes, no, we know. <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't quite place it on the timeline because of that because i wasn't sure how much of that was intentional it's not like they have pregnancy tests in the enchanted forest well and they said nine months later so that would be like oh i'm pregnant right now yeah and she hasn't even had the baby yet in storybrook oh unless she's like two months overdue right yeah unless the curse froze them for a while before they sent them (laughs) (laughs) that's way too convenient well maybe doc just I don't know, waved his pickaxe and somehow, you know, oh, it, it's pointing north and south. That means you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he got his medical degree from a pickaxe, so that's true. why not? <laughs> that's true. Well, then, as Charming does the manly thing and, <laughs> well, goes out with the horses, or rather, <laughs> to his bottle. <laughs> so it's not quite that manly. <laughs> he has more in common with Hook than he thinks. Robin and Charming have this cool little conversation. It made me realize something here that was really neat with this conversation. Mm -hmm. Well, for one thing, that's a totally good guy response. Anything you want to talk about or not talk about? (laughs) Great response. I'm going to use that. Yeah, but how do you mention something that you don't want to talk about without talking about it? It's like, I really don't want to talk about this because of this. So you're not talking about it. That's how. (laughs) But what I realized is... Think about the last two and a half seasons of Once Upon a Time. Charming has not had a fellow strong male figure to be friends with. True. True. The other male figures have been either evil, have been a bit shady, or haven't really bonded much with Charming. That's true. Or they've been a little bit short, like the dwarves. (laughs) Partially because his character hasn't been all that developed in some ways 
and because, you know, in some good ways, the show's been a little bit female-centric on purpose, I suppose, but sometimes the male characters are lacking a little bit of what they should probably have to be well-rounded. Yeah. And maybe that's part of why they brought Robin Hood in Mm -hmm. on this, is to bring another strong male figure who's a clear good guy. Right. Yeah. I think it's also hard for Charming because of Emma being the same age. A lot of the guys that are hanging around are going after Emma and (laughs) he doesn't really want that to happen. Right. So there was Hook who Charming knew, you know, was at best inappropriate to not only Emma, but also even Snow. And Hook, I would say, was actually trying to be Charming's mate. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Charming just wasn't having any of that. So That's a good point. His new friend is actually perfect for his stepmother-in-law. <laughs> yeah. That's not weird. <laughs> Who is also kind of the same age. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's got more family than he knows what to do with. <laughs> well, one of the things that he said here in his conversation with uh, Robin Hood... When I was last in the Enchanted Forest, I dueled a black knight to put my newborn in a magic wardrobe to flee a curse, and never once did my confidence waver. You know what this reminds me of? (laughs) His sword fighting scene with a baby? Well, not only that. I mean, that's cool. That was in the pilot. But I was reminded of the 13th episode from season one. Well, of course. What happened to Frederick (laughs) when Abigail was there at the Golden Frederick Mm -hmm. And she was describing, you have to go to Lake Nostos. You turn left at the Golden Frederick. (laughs) And Charming said, well, none have my fearless bravery. That's true. He did say that. And I was thinking of that several times in this episode because later on, Zelina calls him brave and fearless. (laughs) And this episode is a lot about his fearless bravery. Not to mention she took it, so now she has it. Or some of it, or something. Interesting. Interesting. I I have to confess, though, the moment... I never know what to call Robin Hood. Do I call him Hood? Do I call him Robin? (laughs) Hood sounds too much like Hook. Robin sounds too familiar, but Robin Hood is too long. What do I call him? Archer Boy? R.H. David's friend? (laughs) We call him Robin. So, um, yeah, my, my heart sank a little bit the moment he started in on the root well, as soon as he brought that up it just if i'm being perfectly honest it was like oh dear this is a yeah. big distraction <laughs> i don't know what to do with this and you know the last time charming had any dealings with a plant with the word night <laughs> in it it almost ended very badly <laughs> well yeah i mean suddenly here we have another sort of dare i say contrived quest into the woods to acquire yet another naturally occurring and magical remedy to something Hmm. whether it's water actually he goes after water a lot it's not always for himself so he had to go to lake nostos he he had to go get the water in neverland he went after this route and i might be forgetting something he's just sort of always questing after nature things with magic in them yeah, magical solutions for his problems. Yes. 
But he just had gotten done saying how he needs to be there for Snow. And he kind of always does that when he needs to be there for Snow. He kind of ends up going on this little... He, like, he's away for a while, and I, I, he always finds her again. It's just kind of weird. Well, speaking of finding things, yeah. then we get to see him go find the night route. Yes, night route, thank you. As then Rapunzel calls to him, and she's already let down her hair, so it's right. convenient there. <laughs> Can I just say that they, I don't think, ever spoke of the hair? Is that Was that just considered rude? I mean, he climbed her hair. (laughs) He never once said, this seems familiar. He never said, so your hair's impossibly long. What's up with that? Was this what you were afraid of? The hair never really enters into it. It's just kind of there. I didn't understand. Even connecting it to the fairy tale that he knows because he's from this world. Exactly. Well, and when, then being surprised when she says her name. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you have the hair. Yeah, and when she said her name, it did look like he had that connection of, oh, yeah. The, did it? The fairy tale I know, not necessarily this other kingdom that I know of. Hmm. Because, I, yeah, I just felt it, like, why is this happening right now? It should be history. It should be in the long past because it's in our fairy tale books. He should know the story already. It should be over. I don't really understand why she's in this tower. True. Well, she's been in here for, she said, uh, basically communicated that it's been enough years in this tower that she's lost count. So frozen in the curse while her parents went to Storybrooke? Maybe. That was what I wondered later on. I assumed that because if Robin Hood was protected by Cora's dome, if Robin Hood was not taken in the curse, and then he's the one who knows about this forest with this stuff in it i would assume it's in close proximity to his kind of hangout and so i assumed perhaps she was not taken in the curse and that's why she spent Mm. such a long time in the tower and then i thought does your hair still grow when you're frozen in the dome or (laughs) what what happens there well yeah maybe she just woke up after 28 years being frozen and has all this hair maybe i'd still say it's at the very least a medical condition because this didn't happen to anybody else. <laughs> By the way, this is on the edge of Sherwood Forest. That's mm-hmm. what Robin Hood said. So sure. it seems oh, yeah. like part of Sherwood Forest was probably protected under the dome. It was a yeah. big dome. I love Charming's reaction when he gets to the tower and sees her up there. He's just kind of, <sighs> <laughs> here I go again. I'm doing this. Saving another damsel in distress in a tall tower. (laughs) Now, the tower looked kind of like any other, or at least one other, rendition of Rapunzel's tower that I've ever seen. In fact, a lot of things inside, I only saw Tangled once, but I felt like it was Mm. very similarly laid out, which why not, I guess. But I felt like it was similar to that tower. Round room, tall tower, lady with long hair. Lots of hair. (laughs) Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, that's all I remember about it's Tangled, true. too. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And there was a song here and there, too. <laughs> yeah, speaking of songs, I like that Charming yells at her, let it go. <laughs> I noticed that, too. She right. referred to her older brother's death as being a terrible, terrible accident. In our initial reactions, Hunter and I, Hunter filling in for you, Jeremy, Hunter and I, wondered if maybe her older brother was anyone significant like 
Someone mm. had uh, Hunter had even suggested, or maybe it was someone in the chat room had suggested Flynn Rider is supposed to be her older brother. Um, that's creepy. Well, if you change the storylines, then it could be you know, less completely creepy, different. possibly. Or, or maybe his older his his name was just Flynn, or maybe he was no one at all. But later on, <laughs> but it was still terrible, terrible. Well, later on though, she did describe how he died and that was he drowned basically which is terrible because he was saving her and he couldn't save himself that's terrible terrible accident i feel like that's from a fairy tale i oh i don't know it is now it sounds familiar though uh i would like to discuss rapunzel's motivation (laughs) so she's at the window screaming help me help me and then he gets up there and she's just like "Hmm? oh hi I wasn't saying anything, wasn't screaming. I don't think I can ever leave this tower. There's no way you can help me. You should just go. Don't help me. Don't help me. I was like, huh, why would you stand at the window and scream for help? Yeah, and it's not like she knew that he shouldn't eat the root because she didn't know that's why this witch, as she called her, right, was showing up. So yeah, that's a good point. Pretty embarrassing that it took her so many years to see that it was herself when david and storybrook discovered that within two minutes mm-hmm. yeah he's <laughs> Sorry, maybe <Rapunzel>. braver <laughs> maybe, maybe that's I maybe i guess if you just run into a tower then you'll never face your fear i was kind of surprised that david first of all after being warned by robin hood that there was like this witch story attached to the night route then he goes after it anyway saying <laughs> he he's just... not afraid of a witch story which is kind of <laughs> dumb just just knowing they've got to know by now that stuff happens just like lake nostos there was like the crazy siren lady in there (laughs) like bad stuff happens when you use magic and then as soon as he touched it that's when the girl was crying for him to me i would have been like this must be a trap I don't think I'm going to go to the tower, even though that's not what happened. That That's what I would have assumed. And then he doesn't believe her or whatever. It's just, he, it didn't seem like it was all, he was really taking in what he should have been from Robin Hood and then mm-hmm. the events of the story. Yeah. He basically was saying, well, none have my fearless bravery, not even me. So I, he was just a big confused mess at that point. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to do the brave thing. Because I'm not feeling very brave. Yeah, exactly. Well, then, after this thing, weird battle and cutting hair to save the life. I liked the flickering movement of the shadowy, creepy figure. Yeah, the first time I saw that, because of the (laughs) terrible TV that we have to watch this on, (laughs) and literally a two-by-four, actually, it's a one-by-four wooden board with wires (laughs) drilled into it for our antenna i am not kidding that is what we use uh-huh. uh, it's economical so you um, just thought it was the signal yeah i thought oh no we're about to lose the signal it's completely messing up but maybe that's why they showed us his head moving and mm-hmm. then we could see the weird movement of right the, the witch to it see was, that oh it's not a mess up it was so creepy yeah why didn't it have long hair that's true well it <laughs> was created when she took the night route. That's true. And the hair didn't grow yeah. until after she took the night route. Hmm. Because I the think. witch scared her up into that tower. I think she should have been afraid of the hair. I was. David got all wrapped up in a giant hairball when it got inside, <laughs> and I I was a little freaked out. 
So I'm guessing that as Rapunzel is reunited with her family, either everyone just so happened to be at a gathering together. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Or what it seemed, the more I watched this, the more I realized that, well, Charming was already in that room. So what they must have done is they must have sent word out to her family saying, come here, because this was in Regina's castle. Regina was there. Snow was there. Um, Bell was Regina's there. Regina's castle or the Summer Palace? But the sun, the, yeah, it's yeah, Snow's same castle. Thing. She married into it. And <laughs> this was the same room where Ava died, or oh. what her ceremony was. And there were soldiers in this room that had the emblems of David's army, as well as some other emblem, which I assume is the other king and queen oh. uh, from this other realm or other nearby kingdom good details so all of this they must have sent word told them come here your daughter's here because otherwise how else would she go change and then walk into the room by herself so she probably said yeah i want to see my mom and dad but i got powder my nose first and then she went and changed outfits (laughs) at least cut my hair (laughs) more they must have been pretty close because it was still the same day according to snow's comment after that just what was charming doing out all night yeah yeah, true. And uh, I was pretty sure that they, Rapunzel said her parents were from a different realm. So that confused me, that that word. That they use that used. word pretty liberally in the show, I found. Yeah, that's where it is getting confusing because I was thinking realms referred to different worlds. Maybe that's what they mean by lands instead. I would almost go so far as to say that it felt like throughout season one, maybe... They wanted realm to mean world, like they use terms like realm jumper. And then maybe somewhere along the lines they've realized, well, no, realms actually often referred to large kingdoms within a single world. So we really kind of have to use it that way. And they started mixing it all up. I thank you for explaining that scene because I found it odd. It felt like Charming arrived back at the castle with her right behind him and somehow... Her parents were just there, and they looked expectant. They looked like they expected to see her walk in the door. And even, <laughs> I don't think I was confused the first time, but the second, on the rewatch, for for just a moment, I was thinking this was in the long past because of how everyone looked. Maybe Snow's hair triggers that sense of time, and I was confused that Regina was there. And suddenly I couldn't place it on the timeline even for a second. I don't know. I'm enjoying seeing the sort of sort of modern, sort of flashback Altogether, I guess. Almost modern day Enchanted Forest versions of our storybook friends, if I may put it in all those ways. Well, yeah. Yeah, I like it. Really. And as someone in the chat room pointed out that what we have is, uh, it was Ash23 pointed out, there are kingdoms inside of realms, inside of lands. Like we have wow. a land without magic, mm. a land with the land without color, wonderland. The land of brats. And then there's that was never Enchanted land. Forest, Sherwood Forest. Oz is probably a different land. One would think. I'm thinking. Maybe, but we'll get to that. Before we move on to present day in Storybrooke, I want to thank some people who have helped make this episode of One's Podcast possible. With their kind donations, Steve Johnson, David Newland, and Lisa Slack, we really appreciate your donations. And each of these are 
subscribers. So they are automatically donating every single month to episodes of One's Podcast. And we really appreciate that because it does cost more than $200 per month just to run the podcast and the website, let alone all of these other expenses that we have with different things that we need done to be able to put the podcast out. So we really appreciate the support. Thank you so much, Steve, David, and Lisa, your faithful supporters, and there are others too. And if you'd like to be one of these faithful supporters, you can make a one-time or automatic monthly ongoing donation by going over to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. But I also want to thank Genevieve Miller because she's done something really cool is she has a book out there for the knitters in the audience. Or (laughs) if you want to be a knitter and you love Once Upon a Time, then this is the book for you. It's a knitting book called Once Upon a Knit. It's a book of patterns (laughs) inspired by the fairy tale characters and the storylines from Once Upon a Time. So this is really awesome. It's Mm. available for purchase on Amazon. And we have the link to this in the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 137 if you want to check that out. Genevieve Miller has done a great job with this, and it looks really cool. It does and look very cool. You're thinking of getting into knitting now, aren't you, Jeremy? I am. <laughs> I would like a red cloak <laughs> because it may look a little Red Riding Hood-esque, but I don't like being a werewolf. So check that link out in the show notes for this episode. And if you're not able to make a donation or check out some of these resources that we mentioned, one of the other things that you could do is you could start a website. It could be all about how long you're growing your hair and how you want to try and build a tall tower for yourself. Or maybe you want to journal how you confront your fears and overcome them and stab them with the hilt of your sword. Mm. Or maybe you want to start a journal about all of the different ways of being a midwife and it could be uh, Zelina's midwife journal.com or anything like that. It could be something once upon a time related or anything else. The easiest place to do this, I suggest is go over to Bluehost with our link oncepodcast.com slash Bluehost. That's B L U E H O S T at oncepodcast.com slash Bluehost. You can set up a website or multiple websites, unlimited websites with unlimited hosting and unlimited bandwidth. It's totally awesome and it's really easy to use and it's only a few dollars per month. So definitely affordable, very easy. I highly recommend it. Go to oncepodcast.com slash Bluehost to get your website today. Now let's talk about Storybrooke as we're now back into the present and starting out with everyone gathered in Mary Margaret's or Snow White's kitchen. And one of the things here that I think helped clarify stuff a little bit more, part of the nature of the curse, is Regina said something that implied that part of what the curse does is it makes everyone look normal. Because she said that Zelina, or whoever the Wicked Witch is, they don't know yeah. yet, they said that she would was cursed just like the rest of them, so she would look normal. Right. Which makes sense. I was okay with that. Every once in a while, they have Regina pop off with some magical knowledge that seems like a leap in logic, but that was not. (laughs) Uh, What stood out to me about that conversation was that they underlined again that there's still no sign of Neil. Mm -hmm. And they suspect that he's a winged monkey, which makes me suspect that he is not. Not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's up with Neil. I don't know if Hook knows something because, as we discovered later, he might be hiding something 
that in fact that makes me kind of want to rewatch a few scenes and see if when neil's mentioned he's jealous or he knows jealous i'd say i i'd say jealous also maybe you heard it here first folks if i turn out to be right (laughs) (laughs) maybe he killed neil oh gosh i don't think he killed neil i think he i don't know knows something i think he knows something i thought it was odd that if regina has already fine combed everything with a magical kind of solution at the mayor's office that only now emma is suggesting that she go back over it it just seems like they were working together they were both there at the same time that's what emma does it just seemed a little bit odd it was kind of just like they needed to regroup for her to suggest that to move the episode along that's what emma does that's her her living and what she's always done so it just that seemed weird well they kind of ran away from that scene for one reason or another i think so maybe emma hadn't gone back yeah i don't know but you're right and it was funny that uh that regina didn't notice anything about the berries well what tactic would regina use i know she was probably just like waving her hands over the room and scanning it for magic yeah (laughs) but you would think there'd be like some magic residue in the (laughs) tracked in berries of zelina maybe not and if zelina's poofing about you would think that maybe she would poof without berries in her shoes i don't know maybe it's not that precise (laughs) well that's why emma needed to do it <laughs> well, speaking of Zelina, we get to see her talk to Rumpelstiltskin again. And Rumpelstiltskin, I'm a little torn about what his condition is. Because yeah. we see him singing a couple more little ditties in this episode. <laughs> He's the spinning both. cleans the mind, soothes the soul, cleans the mind, soothes the soul. It has been so long since he was being controlled by somebody else in possession of the dagger. I feel like that would make somebody crazy. It's been a long time since we've seen him crazy. Well, it's true, too. Which is always a treat. (laughs) Yes. And at the same time, cowardly, I would say. Oh, interesting. She, Zelina, has (gasps) the object of his courage. The dagger. Fascinating. Which she gets the object of Charming's courage later, which is... Also a blade. But didn't he overcome that, yeah, um, he... you know, four episodes ago? <laughs> well, yeah. A little bit. I guess he still needed the dagger. And also maybe something is, maybe that's why the descent into not being all there. He's going to have a harder time being the new him if the old him is encroaching. But remember this. Jumping ahead. Charming faced his fear. He admitted it. He confronted it. And he defeated it. All of his courage was transferred into the hilt of his sword. The essence of it. I felt like it didn't take it away from him. And then that was taken from him. Now, you mentioned a few episodes ago, the just before the Mm -hmm. winter hiatus of Once Upon a Time, Rumpelstiltskin faced his fear, overcame it, confronted it, and used the dagger to face that fear with great courage. Mm. So did his courage transfer into the dagger as well? Not to wish ill things upon our heroes, but can we please see Charming in the cage spinning the wheel and giving little imp-like rhymes like Rumple? <laughs> Just once? All the voices in my head will be quiet when I'm dead. 
something like that. I think charming doing that would be kind of fun for one scene. <laughs> but, I don't know if um, he could do it. <laughs> so are you suggesting that Rumpel's courage has been stolen? Maybe. I felt that the dialogue around the charming thing seemed to allay fears that he would no longer have his courage. Because they said, so she took his courage? And I was like, well, the hilt contained its essence. That doesn't necessarily mean it was like a symbol. Yeah, yeah, whatever she said. So, yeah, it was sort of like it was imprinted, but that doesn't mean it's gone from charming. A talisman. But what would Rumpel plus that be? It's kind of like the true love trigger in the curse, right? Like that didn't take away Snow and Charming's true love. It just captured it to use for a rainy day. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Are you guys both convinced that Rumple's still under the dagger's control? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know. I was not certain by his demeanor Hmm. whether he could have just been playing along or yeah i'm not clear he does seem a little broken to me because unless this is all an act but Mm, because he was all about let me spin let me spin it spins the madness away spin the madness away (laughs) and all of this other stuff that he was saying he just sounds broken enough but yet when Zelina was talking about keeping up appearances, he had mm. enough of his mind there to catch that, well, wait, if you're concerned about appearances, you'd change my shirt. The, okay, so that whole scene was amazing to me. The cinematography in this episode was so good, at least compared to normal. Mm. And I don't know if that means they got some new toys and upgraded their technology, but I don't care what happened. I just think that they did a really good job with this episode, and I hope it continues. There were some just very unique shots, yeah, um, very artistic, like the silhouette effect of the backlighting when they were in the cage. You could almost couldn't even see their faces a lot of the time, and it just sort of gave... you. It could almost be a poster, mm. I guess, for the story. And it, maybe this is giving too much credit, but... It was almost as if he's spinning on the wheel and Zelina is spinning this whole lie. I mean, she starts Mm -hmm. from the outside of the cage. You look as awful as you sound. And then she builds this whole case for why she would be shaving him. It seemed all to steal his blood. And why did she go to such great lengths to keep this from him, even though A, he's her captive and B, he's under her control? And she probably doesn't plan on those things changing, but she still, whatever she's doing, she still felt like she had to hide from him. And she still didn't succeed because, like you said, he's sharp enough to realize, (laughs) hey, that whole story you just told, you don't care about appearances. I Because at first I was like, oh, she doesn't like her green skin, but maybe she doesn't even care. And it seemed like his demeanor changed after that, that he seemed less crazy after that. I wonder if the madness, like the only other time we've seen him crazy like that was in the pilot or not only in the pilot, but any episodes kind of around that time where he was also trapped in a dungeon and he was totally insane. But then last season that it was kind of planted that maybe that was an act and he was acting like that because he, like he said, I was exactly where I wanted to be. Hmm. Oh, good point. But he did write Emma's name over and over and over again. So <laughs> don't speak of squid is that, ink. Please. Is that crazy or I don't know? But so 
if that was an act because that's where he wanted to be then, I'm just wondering if this is an act because there's something going on that he knows about that we don't now. Well, that's a very good possibility because jumping ahead again, he's out at the end and Zelina doesn't need to break the lock and she's been occupied with the charmings all day. So how did he get out? Now it could be that that's where Neil really is, is running around letting his father out somehow. (laughs) So that's a possibility too. But maybe he was where he wanted to be until he didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. I would not put it past her that Zelina could have let him out though. Like she got the, you know, the sword piece without being there. So I think if she wanted to let him out, like if that was her motive, she could have done it even when she was preoccupied Mm. with Mary Margaret. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I do see that she gave away maybe a little bit of information if she's telling the truth here. Because I really have to question whether what she says is true or not. Uh, (laughs) But she talked about her father. So clear answer here that we get from this. Rumpelstiltskin is not her father. Right. And especially as creepy close as she was to him, I certainly hope not. I agree with that statement. Several times (laughs) it almost looked like she was going to go in for a kiss. I know. Yes, it did. Which would have been so young Cora-esque. <laughs> but what this also tells us, if Selena was telling the truth, is that she did grow up with her father. Yeah. You know what I think would be amazing? If it turns out the whole thing about her father was a lie. <laughs> like her father, she and her father just get along really well, or she just never knew him. Something because, oh my goodness. Guess what she has? Daddy issues, just like everybody else. She also could have grown up with, she said Cora gave her away or sent her away, or I don't remember the exact wording. So Right. She's at least got mommy issues, potentially. Yeah. Like Emma gave Henry up for adoption and he still has a mother, right? So it's, she could have just been raised by another family that's not blood related. And that could be who she's referring to. Yeah, that's true. But we do get maybe a hint of what her game plan is. Hmm. What I'm after, Rumpel, is something you've spent a lifetime seeking. Something that goes against your very nature. Something that I can't afford to wait that long for. (laughs) Hmm. Balefire? That was all so cryptic, I think I just blocked it out of my head. Well, I, I wouldn't say Balefire goes against Rumpel's nature. No, I know, that's just the first thing I thought. Courage? Courage. She's seeking courage? Uh, yeah, that's a bit weird. Yeah. Hmm. But, what does go um, against Rumpel's nature? Happy endings? Maybe she needs family because of some curse of her own. Because he's been searching for... No, well, family doesn't go against his nature. That is such a riddle! <laughs> I love it. Let me play it again. <laughs> what I'm after, Rumpel, mm. is something you've spent a lifetime seeking. Okay, so he's been spent a lifetime seeking his Vampire. son. Yeah. Family, relationship. Love. Love. Mm-hmm. Oh, like redemption, kind of. Moisturizer. <laughs> <laughs> he has a skin condition and so does she. Dental hygiene. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> Something that goes against your very nature. Talk about Something that. that I can't afford to wait that long for. 
So she needs whatever this is quickly. Right. For some reason. She's dying, maybe? Mm, yeah. I need magic. No, that was August. <laughs> what goes against his nature? Like, he kind of seems game for anything. Mm-hmm. Compassion goes against... But hasn't... Oh. Which comes from the heart. I'm tying together some feedback that I'm going to read in a little Ooh. bit from some of our uh, some of our listeners. Do so you think she's missing her heart? Well, she... It seems like she's gotten Charming's courage, maybe also Rumpelstiltskin's courage. Whoa, 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 whoa. And Actually... Oz. Oh. Right. That's what I was just going to say. What? <laughs> Somebody in the chat room was saying that she got Rumpelstiltskin's brain. I was going to say, she somehow needs, yeah, brain, and heart, and courage. got Charming's courage. And so, mm-hmm. I don't remember who it was. It was on Sunday. Somebody was saying, so whose heart is she going to take? Yeah, or Regina's. or is it maybe not a heart, but maybe something symbolic, like taking Love. a daughter, like well, Snow's baby. Here's the thing. So Oz is famous for characters that needed a brain, a heart, and courage. And, and a home. Only, home. well, yes, true. Ooh. And the one thing out of all of that that we've seen as a tangible, takeable, giveable item in this show is a heart. So I feel like that has to be related in a show where so many hearts have been seen outside of the characters' chests. I don't really think that the Wicked Witch of the West would need a symbol representing a heart. I think she needs a heart. Interesting you mentioned home, just as a side note. She kind of referenced the cage, and it made me think of the whole building a home, not a cage (laughs) theme that seems to run through the show. We got a couple messages in that are basically connecting the same things. Tori and I Love Neiman Marcus uh, both suggested maybe some connections with the original Oz storyline. Like Tori says... Uh, Thinking about classic Oz, like Dory, Gale, Ruby Slippers and such, centers on a quest to meet the wizard to procure four things, a heart, some courage, a brain, and a way home. What if Zelina is procuring these things as well? She She has Charming's courage. Maybe next she'll try for Snow's compassion, heart, Dr. Hopper's intelligence, or maybe Belle's book smarts, Mm. brains, and then use the dark one to procure herself a way home be that the enchanted forest or back to oz for her ultimate revenge what if her home is actually kansas no you think so and that's why she enacted this curse is because it brought her back to our world and she wants to get back to kansas her home but she can't leave because her own flying monkeys will abduct her. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Why not just leave all these sad people back where they started and run home to Kansas? <laughs> because all magic comes with a price. <laughs> Look, yeah, I guess so. Maybe if she crosses the town line, she turns green. Probably. Because. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm not well, sure why. She doesn't even have a second set of memories. And I assume a lot of other people in town don't either because this curse didn't create false memories. So I'm not sure what would happen to her if she left town. 
So that makes me think that I need to figure out her riddle. That's what it makes me think. Mm -hmm. I like the idea, though, that if she's gathering these Aussian things, that she took Rumpel's mind in some form. Because he seems to have lost it or he's on the verge of losing it. Except she wanted him to stop spinning because it seemed to be making him crazier. So I'm not really sure how to interpret that in well, that context. say soothes the mind. Maybe he's got a sore spot in his brain, in his head, because he has no mind anymore. Maybe she only needed a little of his mind. It's kind of like scratching your leg when it's been amputated. Yeah. His brain has been removed. Maybe she only needs the blood of people that, to take these things. She She's took the blood Regina's to unlock blood. his safe. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. True, true, true. Oh, I didn't even notice that. And refresh my memory. Did we see what... Well, I guess we're kind of getting there. Aren't yeah, we? yeah. So that's the the next thing to talk about. Oh, before we move on, though, one little detail is: yes, the dagger does still say Rumpelstiltskin on it. Okay. Oh, well, still. So it does still control him in some way, unless there's just no dark one and it just stayed there <laughs> <laughs> after he broke himself free by making the ultimate sacrifice to kill his dad. Something. We've got a couple forum posts about theorizing what is it that, that Zelina wants, as well as how did she get this dagger in the first place? That's something that they're going to show us, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, because that's yeah. that's something we got to see. How did Rumpelstiltskin survive? What happened to all of this? He didn't exactly disappear in a green cloud of smoke. No, black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zelina does like black, too, but... <laughs> it's mostly green with her yeah so check those out we'll have links to those in the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 37 so inside of gold's shop uh zelina yeah used the blood to put her thumb on gold's safe and just very easily That's unlocked right. it then yes and did we see what she took yeah it was recall. it was the root it was the oh, night that's, route oh, that okay. she took. Why does his safe just always seem to have the thing that he or anybody else needs? Yeah, he's got a whole shop there. You'd think that sometimes there would be things hidden somewhere else. And how did she know? Did she plan that? Did she build into her curse, hey, take some you know night route and let's stick that in Gold's shop? Hmm. His shop seems to be the catch-all for their belongings. He's kind yeah. of like the airport lost and found. <laughs> it does seem a little weird. That whole scene was just a little bit weird. I was creeped out when she touched Belle's hand, but only because I don't know if there's any significance to that or she's just a schmooze. <laughs> well, and the whole like, oh, are you Mrs. Gold? Like, oh, yeah. here's Ugh. here's a wound. Here's some salt. Well, you got her just, heart. Good yeah. grief. But I don't think it's viable anymore, no. <laughs> but here's the thing, and I know Rumbell fans will love this. Uh, there's a forum post going on about this whole Mrs. Gold thing in the discussion for this episode. <laughs> and one thought is maybe this is a foreshadowing of a wedding. Aww. And uh, Slurpees108 sorts our feedback for us, and uh, as well as Jacqueline contributes forum posts that are relevant to the episodes we're discussing. So I don't know which one of them left this note. 
but one of them in here put in, yes, 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 please. Maybe they're going to be reunited kind of in the same way that they were in the episode A Land Without Magic, where he's the crazy one this time and is seeking her out. Instead of the opposite way, because she had just broken out of the crazy ward of the hospital and <laughs> the and crazy was, ward. I don't what? think they call it that. <laughs> it's a little insensitive. <laughs> In Storybrooke, they might though. <laughs> yeah, because she wasn't actually crazy. Um, and then they'll be reunited in a very similar way and gross kissing and <laughs> nice <laughs> long spittle. Ew. Okay, Connecting so changing the, the subject. <laughs> Um, throughout the episode, and especially in Gold Shop, I noticed Zelina was dressed in a very familiar way. Oh. Yeah. And we'll have a picture in the show notes of Miss Gulch from the Judy Garland Wizard of Oz, who was the Wicked Witch of the West, oh but in gosh. Kansas. You're right. She yeah. was somebody else. She was and- not a nice woman. And she has the... Bicycle, yes. The bicycle <laughs> with the basket on the top. Yes. Yeah, I was. I was going to mention that later on too. So was I. <laughs> I. Which, since we are speaking of it, when Emma saw it, and she just she got this look on her face, and I could just already hear her saying, "Really?" Yeah. <laughs> well, so much of this is her saying, "Really?" Like yeah. when, really? when they said that uh, Zelina or the Wicked Witch stole Charming's courage, there was that really look on her face yeah (laughs) yeah it's cool that she's still dealing with all of this Mm -hmm. even though she believes it she's still dealing with it (laughs) there's got to be a part of you that would be like this is so cool and this is so scary you're like uh, after adjusting to all the fairy tale-ness it's like wait 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 am i really hiding from winged monkeys and looking for the wicked witch of the west this is a thing. Okay. Yeah, we'll have that photo in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 137. You got to check it out because, yeah, you'll be like, oh, my gosh, that's that's, that's the same one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see her riding the bike now. <laughs> and is there a dog named Toto going to come sometime that she's going to try and steal? Or? or I would guess there will be a person named Toto because we got oh. to meet a boy named Gus. Which, the mouse. I just always assumed Gus was cursed to be a mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he talked in the fairy tale. Pongo's still a dog. Pongo needs a girl. So maybe Toto <laughs> is actually a girl dog for Pongo. But Pongo's with oh. the other dog. Is it has he? to be a Dalmatian. Oh, uh, well. You know, they're rewriting the stories. So when we get to the 101 Dalmatians season, uh, I'm, that, well, that'll be probably half, be season like, nine. <laughs> After Emma has her ship with Lincoln, which was <laughs> stated for season seven, I'm just saying. <laughs> wow. Well, before we move on, I want to say big thank you to Princess Heather 2, Amy Kins, and Kev J. Kess for leaving kind reviews for us in iTunes. We really appreciate those reviews because they encourage us uh, for doing the podcast and it helps other people find the podcast too. When someone looks at the podcast and wonders, eh, should I really listen to this? Should I commit to this? Look at some of these episodes are two hours long. Should I really listen to this? And when they see your 
comments there and your reviews. It really helps them out and it helps us too. So thank you so much for writing and rating these other reviews in iTunes. And if you haven't left a review yet, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash iTunes to write your own review and we'd really appreciate it. So moving on, as we start searching Regina's office for Holly Berry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I thought of the actress as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know if that was intentional or if it was... Sorry, it is called a Holly Berry. It is. And yet, the way he said it, I was like, oh, okay. It would be cool if it was something like the actress who played Rapunzel is Holly Berry's younger sister. <laughs> I mean, something like that could be really cool for them to hide that little reference in there. Yeah, but now you're making up references for them to hide, <laughs> which is fine. Just be aware. <laughs> A bit demanding, isn't she? Nice save, Hook. <laughs> the midwife, not Snow White. I, I laughed a lot at that. One of the things that I noticed when Charming was a bit hesitant to leave, it made me wonder, is this the, I want to be part of this. This is fun. I was the sheriff for a little while. I enjoyed doing this. I want to know that I'm making a difference, doing something great here. Or was it the, don't touch my daughter while I'm gone (laughs) thing? I know. See, I thought of it being that he wanted to stay with Emma, but in a like in the way of because he's having these like baby fear anxieties about Emma. Mm, yeah. Um, oh, read the night. Like I know the nightmare was in the past, but when he was talking later to Zelina and snow, it seems like he still kind of has those fears too. So um, I took it more as not chaperoning, but just, Oh, I want to kind of stay with my daughter who I just got reunited with. Maybe. Yeah, that's probably more accurate. I was just thinking he's definitely a swan fire shipper. (laughs) I think so, too. I think he's a swan nobody shipper. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a lot of dads are probably like that at some point. It's like, no man, no boy is ever good enough for my daughter. (laughs) My daughter's a princess. (laughs) And in, in Charming's case, that's actually the case. That's actually true. So then, as we get to see uh, Zelina, <laughs> and the first thing she says is, "He caught you in a net." <laughs> and not only was that a funny moment in Once Upon a Time, but honestly, these are lost riders. And I was like, "Caught in a net." You guys have to let that one go. What? Oh, remind us, please. I don't want to, but. Anyway, it's no, a, I, it's a I know the reference because I just watched it. So yeah, I I, <laughs> I just consider it an awkward reference that they seem to like to make once in a while, and we're just gonna we're just gonna leave that one there. If you watch Lost, <laughs> okay, then you know, maybe unless you put it out of your head. <laughs> but in this little conversation that they were having, it seemed like Zelina wanted Charming to admit his fear, and it. And she several times in this whole conversation that she was having with Snow during this and across several different scenes, she in two or three different places 
referred to Charming's bravery or his fearlessness. None have my fearless bravery. <laughs> his own words. <laughs> so it, it almost makes me wonder, is she setting him up for the night route that she gave him? Maybe. What, accessing his fear? Yeah. Hmm. Or or is she just wanting it to be present on his mind? Yeah. It did seem weird because every time she continued to talk to him, he put the cup down. And you'd think that she would stop doing that because she wanted him to drink it. So every time she was like, so I, I think maybe there was more to her like pushing the issue before he drank from the mug. Because yeah. every time I was like, oh, he's not going to drink. He's not going to drink and it's going to backfire. And then, but it was her who was stopping him from drinking it. Right. With her pestering questions. So It was such an awkward and tense scene all at the same time yeah i felt like for being a british woman she really doesn't know how to make tea <laughs> she poured boiling water in the cup dropped the tea bags in and was like drink up no steep time nothing yeah well it was chamomile tea <laughs> well, i assume that needs to steep no it does i was just kidding <laughs> uh, so, the kettle boiled very quickly i noticed well she like didn't watch seconds. it she didn't watch it, right? Yeah, yeah. So the less, the more you don't watch it, the faster it boils. Right. And she was actually, her attention was further diverted because the Charmings were having a whispered conversation about her at the table, which was what made the scene awkward and tense. Because I was both afraid of what she was doing and somehow afraid of like, what if she were actually a midwife and they were having this embarrassing conversation about her right in front of her. And it just, I was very embarrassed for them and for her, even though she's kind of evil and needs to be stopped and things like that. Speaking of their hushed conversation, <laughs> I feel like Mary Margaret just must have pregnancy brain because I'm very disappointed <laughs> in her. Like, like she is Snow White. She should know better than, like, it's like she's Mary Margaret again. And is not snow white anymore like she should i just feel like she should mm -hmm. know better like and even the fact that to me every everything zelina says should be a red flag like she missed the last curse darn and you know she knows johanna of course because that's a good way to get in with snow yeah although how did she just sort of social engineer that information did she, she did. get snow to talk about johanna and then just say tag on and say oh i knew her or did she somehow have prior knowledge of her and how and how yeah that was what i wondered i have to say though she does she's very smooth i mean she's sitting there talking to them and except that i know what she's doing to some degree i'm thinking gosh she's really kind of counseling them she would be a great midwife and a great friend if yeah. she weren't you know the wicked witch of the west <laughs> yeah. she does seem legit as a midwife so i do wonder <laughs> right. if she if yeah i wonder if perhaps that was something she did at one yeah, point maybe she delivered the lollipop guild maybe <laughs> maybe they oh maybe they are her answer to the seven dwarves maybe uh, awkward well i mean every good potential matriarch needs to have a cohort, I don't think cohort's the right word, of 
height challenged men to defend her. <laughs> yes. Perhaps who can sing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we haven't there needs to be a musical episode of Once Upon a Time. There does. Or we at least need to make with, one. With how much well, like all of the Disney fairy tale movies, almost all of them, have been musicals. There needs to be a musical of Once Upon a Time. Even if they want to very much Disneyify it, there yeah. there just needs to be one. Maybe it will be in their final series season. Or even a bonus on the Blu-rays. Yes. Would be acceptable. That would be good, too. And season three still isn't available for pre-order yet. I keep checking it almost every day. day. (laughs) Even though I know I'll get an announcement when it is available, or even (laughs) when the release date is available from press information. But uh, moving on a little bit, then, uh, of course, the, the way they show the episode, there's a lot of cutting back and forth. But this weird thing of charming fighting himself mm-hmm. in the forest and i like kind of the way that they changed his hair just a little bit yeah that made him yeah. look a little bit more evil hmm. he um, did he did seem more evil like that he was he's good at playing yeah evil sides of him he's done it no, numerous times in the show he's he's very comfortable in that role and by the way the hashtag for this scene i've just decided or possibly even for David in Storybrooke period is sword in a Ford (laughs) (laughs) because that's exactly what he has and what he uses. I like it. (laughs) I loved the, speaking of the sword, I loved how he's got the sword and he pulls out the cell phone next to it. It just, I don't know. It was another great shot. And there's something about the, the cameras or the lenses they're using or something. I just felt like everything had a little bit higher quality feel than we've been yeah. used to. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Instead of holding the baby and fighting with the sword, he's holding a cell phone. And <laughs> we need to see <laughs> him. The baby. We need to see him with the <laughs> cell phone up on his shoulder. You yes. know how people do. And then fighting with his fighting sword. Fighting and talking. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> I just, I, th- I felt like this scene was like the cop that doesn't wait for backup. And you know that something bad is going to happen because they call for backup and then they go in anyway. Well, um, he's, how many times has he been found in the woods? Uh, they're lucky that he wasn't just going, I'm looking. I, I think I found her. Come quickly. I'm going to wait here. Instead, he goes all, Leroy Jenkins! What? <laughs> I don't understand. Neither do I. Oh. <laughs> that's great. Okay. Maybe some people, I mean, some people out there are like, oh, that's the funniest <laughs> thing ever in this episode. <laughs> You'll just have to look it up. Okay. It's, it's a World of Warcraft um, oh. meme thing on oh. YouTube. If you look it up, that's what Charming basically did. He okay. went in without waiting. That's awesome. The cop who didn't wait for backup, basically, like Aaron said. <laughs> or in other words, Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> okay. Oh, I okay. That's ringing a slight bell. But that's awesome. As Regina and Henry are having this nice ice cream thing together. <laughs> Hashtag unintentionally snobby Henry. i am used to gelato in little italy but this is just as good (laughs) (laughs) yeah you didn't even mention cinnamon come on oh goodness i guess they broke up maybe that's part of his cursed self as he doesn't he's separated from his true love it's not a curse 
it's supposed to be a more of a blessing, really. By right? the way, uh, in some of my research for this episode, I, I rewatched some of the older episodes or parts of older episodes. Mm. And to see Henry in season one. Yeah. And now it's like, whoa, he he really aged that much. Yeah. I, yeah. I noted that a little bit when Emma took the potion in the first episode and remembered there were a couple flashes of little Henry. <laughs> and yeah. I, it was, it's amazing. Especially yeah. the pilot. Cause the pilot was even filmed yeah. like months before the rest of the season started. And- it's a great effect. How'd they do that? <laughs> Just kidding. Well, they have a it- magic mirror. <laughs> um, I thought this scene was, like it was cute that he was talking about only two place settings and Regina really knows how how big that table is going to be like it made me think of Manhattan when uh Charming said that he's glad they don't have Thanksgiving in this world cuz that <laughs> dinner would be insane um but I did I found it a little weird that well it's not weird that Henry's suspicious because Henry's always suspicious of things like this but I do find it weird that he's opening up to Regina um, just because he literally she's a stranger. Right. And he's telling her really personal stuff well, about Emma. She did just buy him ice cream. <laughs> and <laughs> and he's not nine years old anymore. More, right. More to the point, he probably has a trust. You know, it'll probably be one of those things where some of that is still in him just sort of covered by the false memories and he might have some trust of some people that he doesn't understand yes that's possible i can see that happening yeah but it's also like who else is he going to talk to it's true there were some ducks i think but they're not usually regina's better company than a duck these (laughs) days Mm -hmm. i did i did like whatever park they were in i kind of want to go to there yeah. <laughs> I liked the ducks in the pond. I don't know if that was intentional. I know last year they had a lot of swans um, during the filming and Emma Swan, but she also calls her followers ugly ducklings. So it was cool to see the ducks in the pond. <laughs> that's a that's a nice... By the way, speaking Ryan. of ugly ducklings, Aaron, do you want to say something about that? Uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, you could have just transitioned right there. and said something. <laughs> Remind us what you're doing with ugly ducklings. <laughs> Um, so I am a co-founder of a website called Ugly Ducklings Inc. And it was kind of inspired by Once Upon a Time and it's kind of gone a little bit kind of away from Once Upon a Time. It's still very much both. We are both. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so we're involved in an organization called Mental Fitness Inc. And we're just, uh, kind of give people the safe space to share their story of becoming a swan. Hmm. And, um... Yeah, so it's at UglyDucklingsInc.com if anyone wants to check us out. That'd be awesome. Awesome. Cool. Love it. (laughs) So during the same time, Emma and Hook are going through the woods courting danger again. As they do. And my main thing I want to know is, and I'm sure everyone is wanting to know, what happened to Hook during this year? Yeah. And... There is a forum post on this. Of course, there's a forum post about everything on this site, onespodcast.com slash forums. But we got this feedback in from Saskia. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Probably not. 
I was th- I was theorizing <laughs> about what Hook may have done while he was on the Jolly Roger that he is not telling Emma, and I came up with this. I'm thinking that maybe Zelina disguised herself as some sort of mermaid and got aboard his ship. Awkward. Perhaps <laughs> she expressed some concerns to him about re-entering fairy tale land, therefore making him think that he should just uh, love another character. Uh, or thinking, <laughs> sorry, therefore making him think that she was just another character uh-uh. in Storybrooke. <laughs> she then perhaps summoned the bird who brought the note and potion and offered it to Hook. In no. return, perhaps she asked for information about the group near Regina's castle or some other form of paintment. Just a thought I had. That is very inventive. I like that at least there's a story now to be in my head. Hmm. I think I think that it will not... I don't think Zelina would have been responsible for the potion i don't think i feel like that's way too outside of her control if she introduces hook and emma and all of that all those sort of wild cards that i mean yes i've i should bring the one person to storybrooke who broke the curse last time probably not yeah she doesn't seem very stressed that emma's there though that's true and she definitely knows who emma is because of the walsh monkey (laughs) yes and that's kind of clear that she did not oh that yeah that that kind of makes it clear that she didn't want emma to come to storybrook i guess yeah she was being monitored and then when she drank the potion she was going to be killed so i kind of think no on that portion of it but hey i think that i thought mermaids too so you never know (laughs) except i was thinking more along the lines of there was probably some mermaid killing happening so i don't know another theory (laughs) that came from the forums is that maybe hook traded the jolly roger for his trade ticket to basically get back to our world to new york city Mm, that's an interesting thought yeah because otherwise they would have probably taken it from New York City to Storybrooke like they did last time. Give up his home and his ride for the girl. <laughs> and the Jolly Roger was made from enchanted wood. Mm. So maybe it was fashioned into a portal somehow. That's very strange. But a thought. <laughs> or that simply made it more valuable. I hope that it's somewhere docked outside of New York and we get to see that. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, no. Except they probably would have just taken that to Storybrooke. In our initial reactions, Hunter and I were talking a bit about this uh, thing where Hook said to Emma, You're glad to hear I had my heart broken. If it can be broken, it means it still works. I was thinking Aww. if it can be broken, that means it can be fixed. <laughs> right. I And I said to him... That was romantic in a piratey sort of way. Yeah. <laughs> also, you can see mountains in Maine. Yeah. <laughs> I had that in my notes, too. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's um, beautiful. And I didn't think very Maine-y. <laughs> no. I could be wrong. I've never been there. Well, they have the power to remove that. That's something very easy to remove True. digitally. And they've done similar things. Interesting. 
Okay. So, so you think it must be somewhat accurate geographically? Maybe. Anybody in the chat room from Maine? <laughs> Fill us in. Or, or, uh, or send us feedback. I mean, mountains like that, though, you're right. Not, not in Maine. I wouldn't have thought. So. I would say uh, no to like, I've never been to Maine, but my family's from the East coast of Canada, which isn't that far away from Maine. And there are no mountains mm, there. True. So you can be our resident non-mountain expert. <laughs> I liked that Emma appreciated the farmhouse irony. Yeah. At first I was confused and then I remembered, oh wait, no, they actually do know who they're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> And it did did look very Kansas-like. And out of all the times that they would ever stop and think about what they were about to do, it's when they're outside the cellar with Rumple literally under their noses. And it's Hook who's telling her not to go in. Yeah, and they're like, wait, wait, could be danger. We should not even touch this and we should get back up. Yeah, Whatever. magic. <laughs> they never... They never do that. They didn't even do the smart thing when they went there later on. They all went inside. That's stupid. Yeah. Could <laughs> you have, don't, I was somebody stay outside. I was expecting that door to shut and yeah. for them all to get locked in. Yeah. So if they stayed out the first time, someone should have stayed out the second time. But, you know, they're selectively smart, I guess. Would there be any reason for a house in Maine to have a underground storm cellar was another question that I was wondering but i i I think that's what they're trying to do to make the kansas connection because Mm. the oz story is about a tornado and kansas is in tornado alley i couldn't figure out if emma was trying hmm, if emma was trying to or if she sounded like the farmhouse was new or like they knew about it because at first she was like farmhouse how ironic but then later i could have sworn she just said we think she's at the farmhouse so it was the farmhouse always in storybrook or was it not always in storybrook i think that maybe the farmhouse is zelina's home mm-hmm. and she is dorothy oh my. and when she made storybrook she wanted to make a place that was like home that would be a fun twist on the story. Yeah, that well, would be weird. We've already seen them make <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood, the big bad wolf. Well, who's True. afraid of the big bad wolf? And Rumpelstiltskin's the beast. Yeah. Oh, and very true. Among, and among many other things. <laughs> and mm. Cinderella's fairy godmother. Yeah, so... So I wouldn't be surprised if, again, they merge two characters from the same story into one and make it that it's the past and present of the same character. I like it. I, I even for a moment during this conversation thought, what if Storybrooke isn't in Maine anymore? But Hook and Emma found it. So yeah. it has to be where it was before. Yeah. Yeah. So before they come back with backup, they go to the guy who should have called for backup and they they talk about some of the what Zelina did stealing the sword. We've talked about some of that already, but I know that both of you guys have some more things to pull out from this particular scene. I found it. This was one of the moments where I found it funny that Regina just knows what Zelina's up to, just like because, of course, she does. 
That's all. There's no real... She just extrapolated a little too much for my taste. But at least, instead of a character scene, oh, hey, the hilt of my sword just disappeared in a puff of green smoke. He didn't just go, huh, that was weird, and then never say anything, and nobody thought to ask, and at least they <laughs> yeah. were being smart and thinking about what was actually happening around them. I was just the the first thing I thought, and I talked to my coworkers at work, and this was also the first thing they <laughs> thought when this when they first uh, drove up was, oh oh good they they knew David was alone in the forest with the witch, and they still went back to town to get Regina, um, <laughs> who had Henry. So it's not like it would have been a quick process. Um, so that is like I know they they thought they needed magic, but I just thought that that was funny. Of that course, is funny, actually, because she had to have all the knowledge that they then came up with at the end of the scene. But it just seemed like Emma should have been. They were right there when David called, and instead they drove back to town, picked up Regina, and then came back. So yeah, yeah. and I think David's line there was actually one of my favorites of the entire episode. So he's, I, can't, I don't know if I've got the words exactly right, but he goes, he's going, it was just there, wearing my face, harping on my deepest fears. <laughs> like, hate it when that happens. Well, so then our whole gang goes back now and discovers the cellar is a little bit different. The lock <laughs> on the outside was, almost looked like it was exploded. The padlock, that is. Maybe, or smashed with a rock, <laughs> which you can't actually do. But, I'm, so let's go with exploded by magic, because well, I think that's more probable, <laughs> and I don't think Mythbusters has ever disproven that. <laughs> yes. But the cage lock on the inside was not exploded. The lock was actually fully in place. It was the cage door was ripped off. The lock mount was ripped off of the cage hmm. well it wasn't a home do we know anybody <laughs> other than rumpelstiltskin himself that would have the magical ability to do such a thing well maybe not magic maybe just brute strength <laughs> maybe force. the neil monkey Oh, Maybe. sorry. I hope that he doesn't really exist. I mean, well, it could have been Neil in either <laughs> monkey or human form. They keep saying he might be a monkey, so I'm afraid he actually is. So he's like the good winged <laughs> monkey. Maybe he chewed the lock on the outside. Ooh. He was like, "Hi, Dad. Don't be scared by what's about to happen. Coward that you are. I mean, whoops. <laughs> My son, what big teeth you have." <laughs> All the better to free you with. What big wings you have. All the better to help you escape with. I don't know what's happening right now. Well, I want to bring Hunter and Jacqueline on to talk about uh, the implications of Rumpel being loose and maybe who might have let him loose. But a couple of things here that we got from some of our listeners, some feedback here from Once a Believer says, Does Zelina know Emma, David, Regina, and Hook were at her house? I don't think she does yet. So they know she had Rumple, but she doesn't yet know they know. I think they're closing in on her and she will find out soon. Also, Emma has not yet talked to Zelina and has not used her superpower on hey, her. She knew Hook was yeah. lying. Her superpower is iffy. Which is shocking. Advantage, but... Emma. 
Yeah. I know. <laughs> she said herself that it's iffy, so I'm okay with it all now. <laughs> she didn't use the word iffy, but she said it's not reliable. By the way, the idea of Neil releasing Rumple from the cage is also one that Ashley and I know several others in the forum have suggested as well. Maybe with the assistance but of Blue Fairy is what Ashley we suggested. Together or Tinkerbell with the others from their side yeah. of the good versus evil scale. Well, if for some reason their memories are intact. For some reason, or not, but assuming they are, if you can stay hidden and out of sight, that's sort of the best way to fight. Really, Zelina's an occupying force, and nobody can tell because she's she's keeping things secret. So, if they know that she's living at the farmhouse, why wouldn't they just set up their what the surveillance there? A stakeout. That seems like the best solution to their problem. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. To continue this conversation, let's bring on Hunter and Jacqueline to discuss this. And Hunter, Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us here. Not a problem. Not a problem. Hunter, tell me, where do you think Rumpelstiltskin is and how did he get out? I think he is running through the woods, hiding, trying to find someone that he knows that he can trust. And how he got out, like I said on the initial reactions, I think he blasted it from the inside. What about you, Jacqueline? Well, I agree that he's probably running through the woods, but I don't think he busted out himself because when I rewatched, it looked like the lock that was on the storm cellar had been broken open. It hadn't been magicked open. So I think someone let him out. And if we account for everybody on the show, I think there are really only two possibilities, Bell or Neil. And I don't think Bell right now even suspects that he could be alive. So I think it might be Neil because we still have to find out where the heck he is. Yeah, that is a popular theory. I'm seeing that all over the place. Aaron or Jeremy, what do you guys think? Well... First, that's a good point. I don't think I had... We've seen Bell say, I think we can get him back. But that was in the Enchanted Forest, and now it's been a right. year, and clearly he's not there as far as she knows. So she's kind of going through that freshly, which hadn't really occurred to me. Well, she is, she, yeah. because she completely forgot. So right. to her, Rumple died it just, four it just days happened, ago or so. And yet she knows time has passed, so she it would be even more hopeless. Um, that aside... Yeah. I have to say, I don't know. I think Neil's involved. (laughs) I think they keep mentioning his absence for probably more reason than just acknowledgement. So father and son are running around out there together? Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe he's defying gravity. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still not doubting that Zelina could have let him out on purpose for, for some reason that we are unaware of yet. Well, if she wants to really drive him into madness, the way to do that might be to continually control him. So she might let him out, think, oh my gosh, I have freedom, and then wave the dagger around and be like, you know, back in your cage, dark one. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) Give him something and take it away. Mm -hmm. Jacqueline, you're our forum moderator. And tell me, what are some of the main theories going on about what is it that Zelina actually wants? Well, 
Most people think that she's trying to collect all the traits from the classic Oz characters, but that she's taking them from the people who have them the most. So she took Charming's courage, or at least a totem for that courage, so she needs the brains and the heart. And at first, a lot of people were suspecting that maybe Belle was the brains, but people are starting to come around to Rumple because they think that maybe the dagger could be his totem. And that she's literally controlling his brain. Hmm. And then there's kind of debate over who could be the heart. Some people think maybe Emma. Some people think Henry because he does have the heart of the truest believer, except he's cursed right now. And for me personally, I kind of think it's Neil because his main motivation seems to be getting back to his family of Rumpel, Emma, and Henry. Yeah, and Emma's heart can't be taken, but Zelina doesn't know that. Right. Unless Rumpelstiltskin told her, which is possible. Uh, yeah. Maybe she has a way, because she seems to have a way around other things that aren't possible. Yeah. <laughs> Blood magic. <laughs> Blood magic. Lying. They need to give up on the blood magic. I mean, it's like... But it's bugging you so much. Yeah, I think just you guys working. just need to accept that they're sisters. I, I think I'm standing... I really think that would solve this problem. <laughs> I'm standing by my theory that Zelina... I mean, this theory came about, I think, during this podcast, but that Zelina is actually Dorothy. Well, That's... think about it. We just saw her use stolen blood to defeat probable blood magic on Safe. Boom. So she's not his sister. well that means she's also not his daughter right i don't think she's dorothy because i'm pretty sure we've already had a reference to the dorothy story Mm. and it was at least 40 years ago so uh during the episode the doctor they made mention of the slippers that had been moved out of oz so you have to take into account that's 10 years before the curse add 30 years for the curse and the missing year Dorothy hmm. has already left and it's probably like in her 50s or 60s. Old shoes. Unless someone else left with the slippers. And yeah, Dorothy that's... is so angry about that it turned her green. Or unless she got caught in a curse <laughs> that maybe froze her for at least 30 of those years, taking, leaving the other 10 to take her from being a teenager <laughs> to a woman in her, you know, 20s or 30s. <laughs> well wow hunter and jacqueline i want to let you guys talk about some spoilers here because aaron jeremy and i stay spoiler free <laughs> but before we go out i want to remind everyone please send us your feedback and theories about each episode of once upon a time as it airs and put in the subject of your emails the title of the episode you're sending the email about and mail that to feedback at oncepodcast.com. Or you can also call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221. Or go to oncepodcast.com on your computer or iOS device and send a voice message right through the website. You'll be able to get the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 137. Since we're finished here in the podcast discussing this episode, if you want to reply to something we mentioned in this episode of the podcast, then the best place to do that is in the show notes. And also join the forums where there are so many topics over there and a lot of great people discussing some amazing things and sharing great theories. And as you heard, a lot of great stuff comes from the forums. So check that out 
as well over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. Please follow us on Twitter at oncepodcast, and you can follow each of us individually on Twitter. I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. I'm Aaron, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. I'm Hunter Hathaway. You can follow me at Bit of Pixie Dust. And I'm Jacqueline, and you can follow me at Punk underscore Bunny underscore 87. And I want to thank some people who help make this podcast possible each week. Slurpees108 for sorting our feedback, Jack for writing our show notes, John Buchanan for editing our episodes, Hunter and Jacqueline for providing spoilers, and Jacqueline and Matthew Paul for moderating the forums, Jacob for screenshot assistance, Aliescape and Aaron J for moderating the chat room, and Jeremy, Hunter, Aaron, and Jacqueline for hosting this podcast together, and you for being a great part of this community. Make sure that you check out all of the other podcasts that we do as part of Noodle Mix Network. And until next time, don't fail the next one. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks for sponsoring this episode of Once Podcast. And if you haven't yet donated to support an episode, please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor or start your website for just a few dollars per month by going to oncepodcast.com slash bluehost. Hey, Oncers, this is Hunter Hathaway. It's Jacqueline. And we are ready for some spoilers. So our next episode is episode 15 called Quiet Minds. It's written by Catalina Vasquez and directed by Eagle Eggleson. Neil finds himself back in Storybrooke and yearns for a way to reconnect with his son, Henry, whose memories of his father are gone, while also trying to find his own father, Rumpelstiltskin, whom he has just learned is alive but missing. And Regina discovers a possible connection with Robin Hood. Meanwhile, in the fairy tale land that was, over the past year, agonizing over the death of his father, Neil, with the help of Belle and enchanted candelabra Lumiere, attempts to find a magical solution to bring back Rumpelstiltskin from the dead. And this episode guest stars Henry Lubati as Lumiere. Have you seen the promo for this one? I have. I've watched both the U.S. and the Canadian one. It's going to be an intense one. Yeah. So it looks like we've got Rumpel still running through the woods. He's probably Mm -hmm. running from Zelina or... The madness. Yes. (laughs) But Zelina has the knife still, and she can summon him through the knife. Right. Yeah, we see her doing that. And she uses the same words that August did back in season one. I summon the Dark One, or I control the Dark One. So that should be interesting. Yes. We also have Regina with the flying monkeys, so I'm guessing the flying monkeys are attacking again. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. So then we've got, it looks like Emma finds Neil in the woods. Mm Mm-hmm. And Neil keeps running from something. I can't tell if that was Storybrooke or if that was Fairy Tale, Enchanted Forest. It's a very fast promo. Yes. You do see several shots of Neil, and at one point... It's very clear that he's in the Enchanted Forest, and he and Belle are doing some kind of ritual dark magic, maybe, because there's a giant 
metal circle Round thing. on the ground. Yeah, and it's got a lot of um, alchemy symbols, and we've deciphered some of them over at the forums if people are interested. And then you also see in one of the shots Rumpel in the Enchanted Forest, and it looks like he's wrapped in like a giant sort of coat or blanket. Mm-hmm. So they they might have actually resurrected him. Yeah, that just looks really weird. Yeah. <sighs> Then you see Neil in the Enchanted Forest talking to Emma, and he starts clutching his heart. Is that the Enchanted Forest? No, that would be the um. Oh, it was Storybrooke. Storybrooke. It was Storybrooke, yeah. And then it looks like they break into Rumpel's pawn shop at the very end of the preview. Yeah, Neil comes bursting through the door. Yeah, so there's a lot going to be happening in this week's episode. Yeah, I think this is going to be an intense one. I'm very excited to meet Lumiere, though. Oh, me too. Beauty and the Beast is my favorite. <laughs> yes. Now, I wonder if they're going to have a clock's work and he just doesn't have, like, a full part. If they don't have an actor for Cogsworth, I kind of hope Lumiere makes a passing joke about his best friend being stuck as a clock. Yeah, that would be really funny. But just so you guys know, there's also a Canadian promo out there, and it's actually a lot better quality than last week's. But Henry is starting to figure that something is going on in the town. He's starting to catch on that there, everyone knows something except for him. I think he's going to be starting to suspect that Emma is lying to him for reasons that aren't good, that have nothing to do with Walsh, maybe. And I think he's going to start doubting his mom. And Zelina says that she will be there, or she says it to Snow, that she will be there when the baby is born. So she's interested in that baby for some reason. She really is. And in the pictures that came out for this episode, we have yet again another shot of Zelina touching Snow's stomach. Yes. She keeps doing that. It's very freaky. It kind of looked like she did that or she was holding her hand or something in the when she was telling her, Snow that she will be there when the baby was born. Now, did you see some of the theories that are going on about this baby and why she wants it? I've seen a few. What are you thinking? I, well, I don't know what to think, but <laughs> when I one of the theories I did see that is catching my like I keep looking at is that people are thinking that it's Dorothy and that she's trying to seek out Dorothy before she's born so that she won't throw the water on her. If that I've makes heard, sense, yeah, I, I've heard <laughs> that one. It would be a, like like a prophecy or something, right? Um, I have heard that one, but there was an article that came out very recently from TV Line where they actually asked Jenny Goodwin and Josh Dallas about this theory, and they said they had thought the same thing as well, but Mm -hmm. that they weren't sure anymore. I think the producers are keeping it very close-knit. So there's another theory out there that people think that Rumpel is Zelina's father. Yeah, I I, I say no to that one. I say no to that, too, because then her blood should have worked to open the safe. I agree. And lastly, if Rumpel's alive, does that mean Pan is still alive? And I think it all depends on where they get Rumpel from. I can see them working around Pan or Malcolm because if Rumpel was still the dark one, then he's immortal. So they'll say, well, Pan really did die, but Rumpel lives. The first sneak peek for this episode just came out a few hours ago. If you Mm -hmm. are a fan of Outlaw Queen, Robin Hood and Regina... You really need to go look, watch this preview, like, right now. <laughs> as soon as we are done, go find it. It is very good. Usually on Facebook, the Once Upon a Time official page puts them out. I haven't seen it yet. It is over at the forums if you need it. 
Well, the last one I have is they've finally announced the title for the season finale. Episode 22 will be called There Is No Place Like Home. Yeah. How many of you predicted that? I'm sure <laughs> almost everybody did. When they did it with the Peter Pan one, second start of the right and straight out until morning, it kind of right. just fits with the whole there's no place like home. So I'm thinking they might go back to Enchanted Force. I don't know. Maybe. Because that's home. Right. I can see them doing both. I can see them going back permanently, or I can see them deciding to stay in Storybrooke because I don't know if Adam and Eddie are ready to give up that town. Right. Well, and if they do, you know they'll end up back there anyway. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so there is one spoiler from this episode 322. The actress who played Maid Marian back in the episode Lacey is back on set. Yay! I have no idea why. (laughs) She's supposed to be dead. So I'm going to assume that it's a flashback for Robin of some kind or Mm -hmm. some kind of mind game. I'm not sure. Oh, um, one additional one before I forget. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For episode 316, um, according to first Twitter and now IMDb, the actor Adrian Howe has been cast as the woodsman for episode 316. And there are a lot of rumors going around that he is going to be Zelina's former love interest okay yeah and that one's called it's not easy being green so that would make sense because it's probably going to be an episode all about her backstory and how she became green right thanks for listening i'm hunter you can follow me on twitter at bit of pixie dust i'm jacqueline and you can follow me at punk underscore bunny underscore 87 until next time oncers (laughs) 